What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Healthy and alive. Um, recovering from a near computer shutdown thanks to my cat. But I'm sorry to hear that. First world problems. Yeah. Yeah. First world problems. So what do you have this morning? Anything good? Well, I, I did before uh, before my cat stepped on the power button. Uh-huh. Uh, I was looking at this thing called a, 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 a yacht race. You know what a yacht race is? Um uh not exactly i'm i'm not sure i'd like because in my mind when you say yacht i'm thinking of like nice luxury boat yeah you know uh, that's what i think of when you say yacht you know i was in a wine shop i I was in a wine shop about uh, i want to say it was like 14 years 14 15 years ago and there was um there was this bottle of champagne that was in there and they were selling it. it was this really expensive bottle of French champagne. And I, and I liked that particular kind, but it was really difficult to find it obviously because it, you know, it's, it's French champagne. So, I mean, you had to go to specialty shops to try to get it, but I saw it and it was in this case, this really nice case. And I said, I said, Oh, you, you sell that champagne here. I'm not going to say which one it is. He said, yeah. I said, well, you actually know what that is? And I said, yeah. And uh, she says, well, uh, yeah, we're selling it, but we're actually selling the case. But if you buy the case, then we'll give you the bottle. I said, well, that's that's nice. It was the actual it was the exclusive case by that company for their bottles. And I thought, OK, all right. I mean, it looks like this little suitcase kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I'm like, that's that's pretty nice. You know, I'd like to have that. And she says, well, um, you could do a lot of things with this case. And I'm like, okay, now she's going to try and sell me this case for, you know, mm-hmm. bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was, it was nice. It holds the bottle, right? It holds the glasses and, and everything. And she says, well, this is a, this is a great case for you to take on uh, on a train, for example, you know, because we have so many trains in Ohio. And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. And I said, but, uh, you know, there's not a lot of trains around uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, or Ohio in general. I don't think I've ever seen a passenger train in Ohio other than, you know, tourist trains, but that's about it. But you're only on those for about, you know, an hour. But you can take long train rides here in Europe. So you can go long distances, country to country. Well, at least before all this nonsense. But she says, well, yeah, you can take it on a train, you know, if you if you have that. Because, you know, trains here, of course, they don't have dining cars or anything where you can get that anyway. And I said, okay, well, you know, I don't have to worry too much about a train. And she says, well, uh, you can also take this on your yacht. Do you have a yacht? <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm like, lady, if I had a, if I had a yacht, I wouldn't be in here asking for a bottle of champagne. OK, I would have it ordered and sent to me waiting on the yacht for when I got there. And no, I don't have a yacht. Be your secretary or something that would be. Buying exactly. I would have an yeah. admin do it for me. I wouldn't be doing it. So uh, anyway, uh, funny side story, I guess. But uh, U.S. yacht goes airborne and capsizes during the America's Cup uh, race. Now, I understand that this is a 
this is a yacht. I get it. And it's not like mm-hmm. an island like Congressman Hank Johnson talks about. Yeah, my, my fear uh-huh. is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated uh-huh. that it will tip over and uh, and capsize. Okay, all right. Well, we'll just keep as many people off of that island as possible, Congressman, so we can avoid that uh, at, all, at all costs. So thank you for letting us know about that. But... Yeah. Did you see the video of, of this? Did, did you watch it? I, I did not see it. You did. not. Um, so basically this boat, it's a yacht, but it's it, like there's this yacht racing stuff that they do. And it, oh, it's it a sailboat. Li- OK, yeah, it's a sailboat. All right, fine. But they call it yacht racing, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. It's a sailboat. You know, my problem with sailboats, I can never get the damn things back in once I get them out. So the uh, the crew on this thing, right, they're taking this, this turn around uh, one of the markers and one of the... Uh, it's like one of the uh, the supports or something on it didn't actually close up and it went back down in the water and it flipped the yacht over and broke it in half. Yeah, I'm seeing it, it looks like um, those look like, God, I forget what those are called. They're, they're, so when a boat goes fast enough, they're the... Outriggers. Like, outriggers, okay, there, there you go. They're, um, it looked like they were going fast enough that it was starting to like um, lift the boat, if you will. So the, the the ship was basically not in the water because of these outriggers when they were going in the straightaway before the turn. There's a term for that because we have ships that do that, and I forget what the term is. Hydrofoil? I'm wanting to say it's something like that, but anyway. You know, I've always seen these people that go out and they do this stuff. They, they compete and they do these like sailboat or yacht racing or, or whatever it is. That is some serious stuff. I mean, you literally take a beating and you've got to be in some serious physical shape in order to take part in one of these things. Because that stuff, I mean, not only is the water uh, beating the hell out of you, you know, the surf and everything, that's beating the hell out of you. But you're on there and you're having to put up the sails and, and put up, you know, take some trim out and, and put more line out and bring it back in. And uh, you're having to, uh, to st- you know, you got a guy steering, you're listening to his commands. I mean, I can only imagine doing all that stuff. I see these people in this video, how many people are on that crew. And that's fascinating to me. That's amazing. That was a fairly new vessel, by the way. It just launched three months ago. Uh, they're calling it the Patriot. Let's, uh, I tell you what, let's jump over to some DC stuff. DC's turning into a, a really interesting place, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it looks like we've um, finally put all the criminals behind bars there in DC. Um, that was sarcasm, by the way. It was a joke. Well, no, it, that's With funny because, the the, well, yeah, but, you know, the, oddly enough, the Babylon Bee, you know, the satire uh, outfit, they actually put out a thing today. And they said, like, it's a joke article, but you could almost take it as truth. It says that a study finds that most Americans support making a wall around the Capitol permanent to keep the politicians in. Be honest with you, that doesn't sound like satire. Um, I I think the the average American person that I know around here, um, yeah, they they would they would agree (laughs) that the wall should be permanent and uh, they should not be allowed out. Except for, you know, there's a few that we would allow out, you know, but yeah. Authorities in D.C. This is out again. This is out of the Babylon Bee. This is satire. Authorities in D.C. have erected a 12 foot large or a 12 foot tall fence around the Capitol, which will be guarded by thousands of soldiers. We've got almost 60,000 troops in D.C., 60,000. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, a study's found the majority of Americans support making the wall around the Capitol permanent to keep the politicians corralled in there. Uh, in spite of these precautions, many Americans are worried that that still may not be enough to keep the politicians confined safely inside or prevent them from interfering in everyone's lives. It's a good point. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like, honestly, we saw the video of the uh, the French. They were out there bricking up the entrances to the uh, the French parliament in Paris because they didn't want the uh, the politicians to go in there. 
honestly, uh, with all these lockdowns that we've had and all the um, businesses and whatnot were shut down. Um, hey, why don't we just cut funding for these politicians for for every day that we were locked down? We should double it. And that's how that's how much pay we deduct from those. I'm lawmakers. actually I, I'm curious who made the governments essential. Well, you can't have the government shut down. Can you imagine how many lives that's going to disrupt? And oh, wait, that's right. Nobody's right. Uh, except 2000. for the government officials, by the way. <laughs> yeah, except for, except the, for them. Like, you know, well, it's, TSA it's like, and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like Mayor de Blasio said. It, he's in government. You know, he's he's got to be uh, he's got to be he's got to be healthy. Uh, he, he has to be in good health. He 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 has to maintain himself. He see, he's in government. And, and like Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She cares about her hygiene. You know, she she can go and get a haircut. I mean, that, that's the other thing about all this. You can't go and get a haircut. You can't go and get your uh, uh, get, get yourself a makeover or anything like that. Now, see, it's about making you miserable. That's what it is. Anyway, moving on from the Babylon Bee, 2,000 National Guardsmen. This number was 200 yesterday, and now it's 2,000. 2,000 National Guardsmen were deputized by last night as U.S. Marshals, and there's more to come. Now, I'm curious about this because, I, and I've never had the opportunity to, I'm sorry to say, but I've never had the opportunity to do any work with U.S. Marshals. But I have, however, had the opportunity to work with someone who became a U.S. Marshal. And I can tell you that they are responsible for transporting and moving prisoners, and they are responsible for arresting serious criminals and organized crime members. So why would you be deputizing 2,000 soldiers to be deputy U.S. Marshals. Why, why would you do that? It says that 2,000 National Guardsmen were handed the power of the federal marshals last night with more de- deputizations expected in the coming days. The news comes as part of a widely disproportionate response from the congressional authorities and the military to the small riot that took p- small riot that took place inside the nation's capital on January 6th. You mean the uh, the guided tour that we saw? Bruce, I sent you that video, didn't I? Of the, yeah, uh, the Buffalo man going into the Senate mm-hmm. chambers w- with the cop walking him in. Yeah. Saying here it is. Yep. As a matter of fact, he opened the door for him. I think he did actually. And in <laughs> fact, they were talking when they were talking to him. Like he was walked in, was talking to there was a guy on the phone on the ground, and he was like, "You got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet or something like that." He was talking, and and the police officer was like, "Sir, do you need medical attention?" And the guy's like, "No, I'm good, thanks, man." You know, and I mean, it was all civil. It was all like, I, it was it was a crazy riot, man. It, it just. No, no. Their duties will include protecting members of Congress and other congressional personnel and securing the grounds and property of the U.S. Capitol. Huh. The ceremony took place in the dark on Sunday night outside the U.S. Capitol. U.S. Marshal Service is America's oldest federal law enforcement agency, employing only 3,829 deputy U.S. Marshals and criminal investigators. According to the service, the deputies of the U.S. Marshal Service include protecting the federal judiciary, apprehending federal fugitives, and managing managing and selling seized assets acquired by criminals through illegal activities, housing and transporting federal prisoners, and operating the witness security program. So witness protection. I, this, one, I, this, this one really perplexes me. Why would you do that? Unless you're planning to make mass arrests on site, why would you do that? I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm trying to go over. Uh, there, there, there's some articles that are they're talking about it, but they're not saying why. I mean, we've got we've got more soldiers deployed in the Capitol right now than we've got just about. Hell, we've got more soldiers deployed in the U.S. Capitol right now than we have stationed in Germany. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Th- this doesn't make any sense to me. They were also um, vetting some of these uh, guardsmen before they even allowed them to uh, you know, do their security duties, if you will. 
Yeah, and apparently they pulled two of them off for, I don't know, they were found to be like right-wing extremists or something. I don't know. No evidence, by the way. Uh, I've not seen any articles or anything. The the groups that were supposedly organizing this, which is uh, Boogaloo was one of them, they've actually said no, that there is no organization. There's not any plans for an insurrection or, or you know, no, it's, okay. capital. Uh, yeah, as I was saying yesterday, or uh, I'm sorry, on uh, on Monday with Tavish, when I was posing this stuff to him, okay, let's say that you have one of these, uh, these groups that are going to go up there armed, okay? Just for the sake of argument, let's say you have one of these groups that are going to go up there armed. What in the hell are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? You're going to throw down with hell, half that number. You're going to throw down with 10,000 guard troops, and then what are you going to do? What's your plan after that? It, it it makes it, my point is is it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't. It's not even it's not even ten thousand guard troops. To be clear, it's not just that. It's they also brought in IFVs, which for people that aren't clear, IFE is infantry fighting vehicle, right? It's a APC, you know, twenty millimeter cannon on the on the top can load up like twelve troops inside of it, armored. What are you going to do against that as an insurgent? You're going to throw a Molotov or a, or a pie bomb at that thing? It's not going to do anything. Like, what, what are you thinking? What, seriously, what are you thinking? Yeah, anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, no, it's fine. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes absolutely no sense. None of it. And the other thing that, that throws me off on it is they're surrounding all of the monuments. Well, even if you're expecting a quote right-wing insurrection. There's no evidence that the uh, the quote right-wingers and and the Trump supporters are out there tearing down monuments or doing damage to our our monuments. In fact, the opposite is true. They're the ones that are out there that have been protecting those monuments from being desecrated and torn down by the uh the anarchists and the antifas and the BLMs. So it doesn't make any sense. You've got thousands of troops stationed outside of of this. I don't even think looking back, I don't even think during the um the Vietnam War protest, you remember reading about those back in like the uh back during the, the Vietnam War? We didn't even have as many troops, not even a fraction of that in the city at that time guarding the monuments. So I mean, it it just it doesn't play. It, it doesn't play and I, I I'm trying to figure it out I, maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Bruce, it could be this. It could be that they're bringing in all these these troops and apparently this is going to be a virtual inauguration, so why would you need all the troops for a virtual inauguration? But I, I think it might have something to do with this. It could be the all-star Hollywood lineup that they've got there for the inauguration to perform. It could be that, that, that they, they need all that protection because, I mean, they're, they're so famous and, and they're so prominent that we, we might need to protect them. I mean, Tom Hanks is going to be hosting it. I mean, just about everybody knows of Tom Hanks, to be fair. Well, that's true, but I've never heard of a celebrity hosting an inauguration of you. No, no. And I mean, n- not to be outdone, and I, maybe, maybe this is, but Garth Brooks is going to be performing at uh, Joe Biden's inauguration as well. So, I mean, there, there's a big name right there. A few other people are going to be down. I think Justin Timberlake's going to be there uh, and a couple other. Well, I, I mean, I really don't care, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. They're doing a virtual inauguration because, you know, he did his live stream the other day. I, I was wrong. I, I misquoted. Do you know how many people watched his live stream? It was more than 3,200. It was more than that. I was I was wrong. 3,201. Uh, no, it was no. Honestly, it was a little bit more than that. And I'm not being facetious. It was around 8,000. That's how many he was able oh. to have uh, watching the live stream. Mm. So, I mean, maybe he'll pull better numbers for the inauguration. I mean, it's possible. I, I don't know, because apparently this is the most popular president in U.S. history. Uh, and it's I mean, he got more votes than any other president in U.S. history, uh, including yeah, Obama. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, right. The first black president. Right. Um, right. 
you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're looking at it wrong. Maybe it was um, these people, you know, that would have uh, tuned in maybe, you know, with coronavirus and everything going on and people losing their jobs, maybe they just couldn't afford their internet anymore. So they weren't able to actually, well, they would have had to also not have their smartphones anymore either or service to, to tune in. But, you know, maybe, maybe they just didn't tune in because, you know, COVID, they, they were afraid. Maybe they were afraid COVID would, you know, they, they might transmit COVID to Biden through the device, you know, and they just, they, they didn't want to be a, a risk to uh, that's, the-, the mm, That's a good point, President Bruce. Why aren't you wearing a mask right now? I, I mean, I mm-hmm. might be susceptible mm-hmm. to, to, to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not either, so clearly- See, I'm I'm immune. See, right. I, I've I've already had COVID, so I'm not. I, uh, you to know. be honest with you, I think I had it before it was even announced to be here because I was like <laughs> deathly ill. I couldn't taste anything or smell anything for like a, a week and a half, and it was right after GP left when he was here last. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, he had that every time he penguins too, right? It's something. But I, you know yeah. what? Every time he comes, I've noticed this. Every time he comes here, I get sick after he leaves. So I'm pretty sure that he's bringing something over from California. Maybe I'll have to have that talk with him offline this week. Uh, this just in, and, and I, I know you might uh, find this, you know, really interesting. Trump is actually uh, pardoning a lot of people in the final days here. He's pardoned the coronavirus. So we're not going to have to worry oh. about that anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great thing. Again, out of did, the Babylon uh, Bee. Did he also pardon? Is he also going to pardon? And I, I know it's out of the Babylon Bee, but is he also going to pardon um, our scientists that were helping work on developing COVID-19? Or is he going to pardon them as well? I mean, it's a good you know. question. It's a good question. I'm not sure. As a matter of fact, I think he might be brought back into the Biden administration as maybe an advisor to Dr. Fauci or something. Maybe, maybe I don't know who helped him oh, okay. get yeah. the job in the yeah. first place. And that's not out of the Babylon Bee. We're just sitting here rattling that off. Do you say that Biden's bringing in tech to his administration? Yeah. So he's going to have, uh, and this isn't out of the Babylon B. He's going to have the big tech, you know, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, they're going to be the ones um, issuing these new regulations and whatnot for technology. So, in other words, they're going to regulate themselves and and put things into into law. Which you know, every every time we've seen this happen in the past. It's been great, right? It's 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 been beneficial to the American people. You know, it's not sure like stifled competition at all. It's you know, it's made it easier for businesses to you know start up and and compete with these these big giants of corporations. You know that are that are more or less monopolies at this point. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't know what else to say there. I've been I've been railing against this for a while. I mean, uh, I at least since last year, I've been talking about. Uh, like the major motor companies using them as an example back in the early 1900s when, you know, they, they started passing regulations and we lost all those upstart companies that could have pushed forward innovation. That's the whole thing with the free market, right? When you, when you have competition like that, it, it causes companies to have to innovate to create a better product than the last one, right? You have to one up. And if you continue to one up each other, it progresses the human race, you make a better product, right? That that's the whole premise of it. But then when you have these upstarts come in, and the, you have the big corporations that are like, "Oh, we can't have any competition because we're too big to fail at this point." Let's get in bed with government. They get in bed with government, pass regulation and laws. Now, me as an upstart, I want to start a um, I don't know, the internet company or a, um, a search engine or whatever. And they're the the regulations they put in 
social media. Well, we'll use that one since we're seeing all the social media stuff. The trend parlor. they're pushing towards, the banning a parlor. The, the trend they're pushing towards, which we kind of talked about recently, you have to regulate your social media using algorithms. That's going to be something they're going to push for, is you have to use algorithms uh, to, to monitor people and, and basically spy on people in all their conversations. If you don't, then you can't, like, you can't start the business. So not only is it a financial roadblock to keep you from being a competition, but it also gives uh, credence or place or, or power to the government uh, as well, because you know when the two company, when the companies and the businesses they get in bed with with government, when when they start doing that, right? You, they're not going to work together at all, or 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 share information or anything, right? I mean, it's not like the the corporations are going to be like, yeah, sure, you can have access to these thousand. I mean, you know, like Mr. and Mrs. Verizon, like some of the warrants that were given out, and they just had hundreds of thousands of people that they investigated and looked into without a signed warrant for the specific person. They just went after swaths of people. That's not a problem at all, right? I mean, we don't have any problems there. No, 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 it's no problem. And you're talking about social media stuff. You're talking about censorship. You know, maybe we'll get into some of that stuff this afternoon. I don't know. It just depends because I got a lot to say today. Okay. So you're familiar with uh, Steve Dace. Yeah. The the commentator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He does a podcast, or at least he used to. I don't know if he still does. He does a podcast with uh, a former Major League Baseball player, uh, Kurt Schilling. I believe he, or he did. did. I don't know if he still does. I know he did at one point. I remember him talking yeah. about it. And I'm wanting to say he talked about it like in 2018. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking either, you know, that. that yeah, might I, I don't changed. know if he still does it or not, yeah. but it's. I, I know that he yeah. used to do one. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I obviously I know who Kurt Schilling is. I mean, I was a baseball fan for a long time, but um, he was a great pitcher, by the way. Uh, conservative commentator, which is Kurt Schilling. Uh, he says that AIG canceled his insurance over his social media posts. So they completely cut his insurance off because of what he posted up on social media because he's, he's a conservative. Um, did, um, we, we didn't predict that at all, right? When we were talking no. about social credit. We no, didn't we, haven't, we haven't been saying that for like the last three and a half, almost four years now. No, we haven't been saying that at all. Right, right. Well, it's technically only been three, but yeah. Uh, he says that uh, this is uh, this is what he put out on his uh, Twitter. He says, we will be just fine. But I wanted to let Americans know that AIG insurance canceled our insurance due to my social media profile. Just his profile. I don't even think he actually posted anything. Uh, he says the purge has gone beyond the realm of simply silencing people on major platforms for their opinions, but punishing them for expressing themselves by trying to make their lives unlivable. Right. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. It's going to get worse. It's well, going to get worse. I mean, it's, it still fits in the vein of silencing. They're still silencing people. It's just oh it, yeah, this they is a different started. aspect. They haven't even started yet. Yeah, I mean seriously, if you're if you're okay, if you're someone with that has um, some kind of let, let's say um, you're a diabetic and you need you need insulin, right? Well, let's say you get it through your insurance company because for some reason insulin is super expensive here. What happens if uh, you're a conservative and you you're outspoken and your insurance company says either you're going to you know change your ways or we're going to cancel your coverage? So what credit. are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. So now see some of the responses by the uh, the woke mob were quite, quite interesting. Uh, they say that uh, he deserved it. Uh, you've definitely earned it. Uh, I mean, capitalism, right? They calculated the risk and decided your premiums weren't worth the long term exposure. So, I mean, that's that's what it is. But bear this in mind. This is exactly what social credit does. They'll turn you off. They will turn you off. If you don't do what they say, they'll turn you off. And it's being brought here. 
We've been saying it for years. Literally, we've been saying it for years. It feels like months, We've been, but it's moving so fast. We've been saying it for years. So China, last year in August, right, just to give you an idea, just last year in August, one month, okay, they prevented two and a half million discredited entities. See, they don't even look at you as people. You're subhuman to them. You're an entity, a discredited entity from purchasing plane um, tickets. We, we all, as American people, we're just a number. Yeah. We're, we're already not people, technically. Or, we're already non-essential, according to Schwab and company. We're non-essential. We've been deemed non-essential. Well, even to our own government. Well, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a business. Oh, man. I'm going to slam these governments for what they're doing on businesses today. You just wait. So they stopped two and a half million people from purchasing plane tickets just in one month. Okay. Just in one month. And 90,000 people from buying high-speed train tickets in another month. There's your social credit. Uh, uh, No, it sounds like a free and fair society, right? Yeah, that's free and fair, all right. We are out of time this morning, so we are going to have to go. Thanks for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.